Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Jennifer Smith. We have been married 15 years and have five sweet children who are growing up way too fast. We love God and we love marriage. And we love to be honest about it all. Marriage is not always a walk in the park, but we do believe it has a powerful purpose. So our goal here is to open up the conversation to talk about our faith and our marriage. Especially in light of the gospel. We certainly don't have all the answers, but if you stick around, we may just make you laugh. But our hope is to encourage you to chase boldly after God's purpose for your life together. This is Marriage After God. Welcome back to another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. We're Aaron and Jennifer Smith, and we're glad you're here. Okay, but can I just say, um, in, in all realness... This was a hard episode to start to hit that record button on because... Not just because of the topic, <laughs> of course. Aaron and I were having a hard moment in our flesh just now. And he even said, like, maybe we should postpone this. You know, let's just wait. And I said, no, this is exactly why we started a marriage ministry is because marriage is hard. And we're not exempt from that. And... Well, I want to be exempt from it, but... <laughs> but but <clears throat> mar- marriage wasn't hard back then in our early years. Marriage is hard even now. Like you go through these rhythms and motions where like some days you're really great. And then there's times where it's not so easy, but, uh, this was one of them, Yeah. but we're, we're starting and we're doing this episode, whether we like it or not. And I like it. I'm glad <laughs> we're moving forward. <laughs> well, and we just, I, I guess I just wanted to share all that because I want you guys to know that, um, I, we said this before, but like, we don't know it all and we're not perfect at marriage but the reason that we do this is because we're just like you guys and we know that there are hard days mixed in with the, in a lot of good and it's those little bits of encouragement that you get hopefully through our podcast mm-hmm. that remind you to just press in and keep going and keep um um continue and, on yeah, yeah just go just going well so, we're going to do we it in today's episode we're going to be chatting about also a hard topic for us, but uh, it's a we're gonna be talking about victory from porno- pornography, which the victory is not hard. That's awesome. Yeah. But just the topic of pornography is sensitive. So thanks for bearing with us today. Um, we're gonna try our best. We we love you guys, and we're excited to be here. Um, but before we get into the sponsor uh, for this episode, I just want to say that we're so honored that uh, we're currently getting over twelve thousand downloads per episode for this season. Which is crazy because that's that's actually double, if not more than double, what we were getting last season per episode. Nice. Which is it's crazy. I have no idea why, but it's awesome and it's so, happening. So I just told a lot more people that we're we have hard times. Yeah, double the <laughs> amount of people actually. Um, so that being said, we'd love to see what we can do with this podcast um, and the community and what it's capable of. Would you commit to inviting one other couple or person to check out this show this week? The most powerful way for anything to grow is by the community itself and word of mouth. So I just wanted to encourage you this week, invite someone to listen to this podcast. So this podcast is, or this specific episode is brought to you by our 31 day marriage devotionals for couples, husband after God and wife after God. We wrote these devotionals to encourage husbands and wives around the world to draw closer to God and closer to each other. Uh, These devotionals can be done by yourself. So you could just pick up, you know, 
your your own copy, mm-hmm. or you could do it together with your spouse, which is really awesome because the topics kind of coincide. There's a couple different yeah. ones, uh, but you guys can talk about uh, the topics together, which is really cool. Some of the topics that we cover are God's purpose for your marriage, the ministry of reconciliation, the parts of marriage, and many more. It also includes a daily prayer, which is really cool. Every day's topic comes with scripture to read, a prayer, a thought, and questions for you to answer, and even journal together if you want. Yeah, so we want to invite you. It's Husband and Wife After God devotionals. You can get them on Amazon.com or at marriageaftergod.com. Okay, so you already mentioned that this topic of pornography, Mm. even though it's Mm. victory from pornography, uh, you know, is a It's still a big portion of my story overall is this journey from pornography. But you mentioned that it's hard to talk about. Why? It's just, it's ugly. It's embarrassing. It's, um, it's a part of my life that I, I, I'm not happy was ever there. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of how destructive it was. So it's a, it's a hard subject, but the reason I talk about it and we've talked about it in several episodes in the past and I share it with anyone I talk to is because I, I believe that the more I share it, the more open I am about it, the more light I shine in that darkness, um, the less dark it is and the less hold it has in my life and the less hold it has in other people's lives. So, yeah, I also think about how it's so weird, but you know, words like sex or pornography, okay. Our culture exposes so much of it and just puts it all out there. And yet there's this commonplace. Yeah. Yeah. It's like common and like almost like normal. But then there's this element of like, you can't really talk about it without feeling guilt or shame or icky. Mm, I should tell you something about it. That's yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's an interesting thought that they, they make it seem so common. And yet you, you can't have healthy conversations around it, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we have a healthy conversation around it today. Um, something that's, I mean, like we were just talking about, pornography has become so common in many homes. Definitely accessible. Well, it's way more accessible than ever has been. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's so common and it's it's common now even amongst both men and women more so than ever has been, um, and you can look up your the stats yourself um, at a later time. Um, and although it shouldn't be, it's it's super common in the church, the bride just, of Christ, yeah, the body of, yeah, and um, and so we we th- we need to. It's not enough to talk about it one time in one past episode. It's something that we need to keep bringing up, especially because we have double the people listening now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, there's someone that listens today and walks away from this really encouraged, really reminded of the truth of who they are in Christ and also freedom mm-hmm. from pornography. Yeah. Pornography was something that, um, plagued our marriage in the, in the, a lot of the early years. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to walk through that with you. And it was really painful in a lot of ways. Yeah. It caused it, a lot of like hurt and harm to our marriage. Well, and it was, it was one of those things like, um, I've talked about in the past is, it plagued my life even before we were married. And I was really hoping that marriage would have somehow fixed it, which of course is a lie. Well, it was like, a, it was a habit you had built. Yeah. It was, of a, like it was a habit and addiction. Coping and, and mm-hmm. going to the, that. That ugly place. Yeah. Place, yeah. Um, but uh, God was patient and he was gracious and he helped me, um, which I love because if you think about it, God's righteous and he didn't need to be patient with me, but because he is patient and loving, he was, mm. <laughs> which is, I just praise God for that. He was, and he's patient with you listening too. he's, he's patient with us, but he wants us to know the truth. And that's hopefully what I'm going to get to mm-hmm. today. And what we're going to just shine a light on today is that we believe lies, which keeps us in our pornography addictions, but there's truth that sets us free. And there, there's hope for there's you hope, today yeah, listening. If, if you are struggling with addiction, to uh, be at a place of freedom and to walk in victory. Aaron, how long has it been now for you? Uh, I was trying to calculate this when I was looking through these notes, and I believe it was around 2016. Which was like six years ago. Six-ish years ago. Yeah. Um, It could have been earlier or maybe a little later. I was was really trying to pinpoint exactly when this conversation that happened Mm -hmm. with me, but um, it's been about six years. I think that's about right. Um, It feels like it's been that long because... I was actually just walking around today thinking about this episode and I was thinking about how amazing it is that I don't have that guilt and shame anymore Mm -hmm. because it used to be so prevalent in my life. It was like every day or every other day or every other other day, Mm -hmm. but it was constant and that's hard for me. But I look back and I'm like, man, that's 
pretty amazing that that's not a part of my life anymore. It's like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. And, and I wanted to just mention that it's not that it's not a daily struggle, like a battle mm-hmm. of like, so I, I can feel that temptation, temptation. I can feel that urge and that I, I constantly am being reminded in, from the enemy or from just my flesh of that mm-hmm. part of my life. <laughs> but I'm constantly having to like, you know, submit those thoughts to Christ and pray over them and be and remind myself that that's not who I am, mm-hmm. that those are not my thoughts, that I don't want those thoughts, that I want to be pure and holy and mm-hmm. and healed. So, but it's pretty amazing that it's been so long. That's awesome. I think for some people listening, they they might think like, well, I could never go that long. Or I remember I, thinking that a lot. Did you? <laughs> I do. I remember th- thinking when I was in the midst of it that there was like I would go, I think the longest everyone was like a month. But it never dawned on me that I would actually be permanent. Mm. That was never an idea I had in my mind. It just always felt like maybe I can go longer this time, maybe I can go longer next time. So if there if you're listening and you think this that you can ever you don't think you can go like that long, then you won't. <laughs> if you don't think you can, you won't. And it's a it's a that's a big mind shift Mm -hmm. is actually believing you can be free and um even bigger than that are already free from pornography which i think we'll get into a little bit more soon so what was what was it for you that point of recognition or like you know that moment where you gave it up and you you started to believe what was true And, and walk in that freedom yeah uh, th- this is this is the crux of pretty much everything. If it, any addiction, anything we we walk in, any any lies we believe, any any of these strongholds in our lives, this is the crux of what changes that. Um, what we believe is how we are going to act. So, if I believe I'm still a slave to pornography, which I did, and I believe like that it had a hold on me, I believe it had a power over me then I'm going to remain a slave to it, even if that's not true. Hmm. So even if I have enough willpower to avoid it for a while, eventually I'm going to be right back to it because what I believe is why I'm there in the first place. I believe it has the power over me. I believe it controls what I do. I believe that it is happening to me. So even if I try and go a month, a week, a day, it doesn't matter how long I think I can go. I don't believe I can continue on. Like I just mentioned a little bit earlier. What I believe dictates what I do. So what changed was a brother in Christ telling me that I was believing lies, revealing to me the lies that I was believing. Because I would say I want to be free, but the the, the lie is, is that I wanted to be free. Mm-hmm. The truth is I wanted that pornography. I wanted that feeling. I wanted that uh, experience. So I had to recognize the truth about it. But the the real, the deep, even deeper truth that set me free is that I was already free, that I'm actually not a slave to pornography. As a believer in Christ, as someone who's saved by the blood of the lamb, as someone who has put his faith in the only name that is above every name, I'm actually already free. There are no chains. The bonds of sin and death and, and the fear of death are gone. They're gone in Christ. But if I think I'm still in bondage, if I think I'm still enslaved to this thing, then I'm going to act like I'm still enslaved to it. Mm. And so that was actually a huge um, moment for me. You know, the Bible tells us that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. That was a renewing moment of my mind that my that I was able to realize in my spirit that, oh, wait a minute, I'm not slave to this. And I don't have to do this. That doesn't mean it didn't feel any less strong. But it, what it did was when those temptations came, I actually knew the truth about it. That I wasn't a slave to it. That I didn't need it. That that's not who I am. And I can actually start hearing those things. I can. It almost like made me more sensitive to what the Spirit was already trying to say to me in the conviction about the pornography. So as a little, just a recap, what changed me was I began to believe the truth. And I know that sounds maybe oversimplified, but that's the reality with all these things. Without, if we believe the truth, Jesus came to set us free. It's for freedom 
that Christ has come. That's what we're he's giving to us is, is, is freedom from sin and death. And so I'm not a slave to pornography. If you're listening to this and you're a believer and you are addicted to pornography, I want you to know something. You, you are not a slave to pornography. Pornography is not something happening to you. You're free from it. You're completely free in Christ Jesus. Once you realize that, then you recognize then what you're doing is you're choosing this sin. That's what I was doing. That's what Christians do is we choose the sin rather than the sin doing something to us or controlling us because it does not have the control. So that's really good. And I think, um, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. I just want everyone to know this is really hard, a hard topic for me to go back to and talk about, especially experiences in our past, because as a wife, like it kind of emotionally brings me back to these places that I was like, oh, that really hurt Mm -hmm. (laughs) or that was really hard. And so earlier I mentioned, you know, that it hurt our marriage. Do you want to share a little bit about how? Like what, what are the different ways? Because I think it's important that people hear, maybe people who are listening, who may be doing something like this, aren't, they're not realizing the pain that it could cause. So maybe hearing our story, maybe hearing how it has hurt our marriage will shed some light. And well, you mentioned how it's a hard subject for you because I would have brings up for you those emotions that hurt. What can I just ask you? What did it, how did it affect you? It made me feel really insecure. Uh, made me feel like I wasn't good enough or I couldn't measure up to what it was that you really wanted. And it made me angry. Oh yeah. You were angry. <laughs> made me sad. I, it was a lot. <laughs> Heavy. It, it was a lot. And it was, it was very spiritually destructive mm-hmm. between our relationship. Um, that unity that we had, it was always something chipping away at our unity. Mm-hmm. If not taking huge chunks out of it. Yeah. Um, it spiritually hurt us. Um, I didn't have much respect for myself. I didn't, I didn't see myself as someone respectable because I knew what was in my heart. I knew what I was doing. Um, so it, it made me weak. Um, Which actually showed physically thinking back on just our journey together, like your countenance, the way you carried yourself, everything about you was less confident, mm-hmm. less assured, less that is true. Than, than what you've been walking the last six years. That's that's true. Like it's almost, different. It's, yeah, it's been a huge, huge shift, huge transformation. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kept it kept me from feeling confident in mm-hmm. my relationship with God. Like I felt, I always felt insecure with God, which mm-hmm. is crazy because He's the most secure relationship <laughs> that I have. But I, I felt distant from him. It's not like He changed; He didn't move. Mm-hmm. But I felt wishy washy with Him and tossed to and fro, and and that was not good. I remember the feeling of um, broken trust and struggling to know whether I could believe the things that you were Mm -hmm. saying or if you're telling the truth or like in a lot of different areas of life because of that one area. Yeah. And, and it was, it was true because going back to talking about what I believed and how that drives what we do, because I believed one way, even when I was like repenting to you or apologizing to you, I couldn't, I couldn't actually do it because what I was repenting of was how I felt about my sin. What I was repenting of is what it did to you. I was Mm -hmm. repenting of these things, these, the fruit of my sin that I didn't like, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't actually repenting of my sin, of my love of it, of my, of my desire for it. The, the, the repentance was, was kind of like skewed because my belief was off. What Mm -hmm. I was believing was false. Um, and, and that's why belief is so powerful just to go back to this again. I just want to reiterate that this is what brings us freedom is when we believe the truth, it's the truth that sets us free. That what we believe drives what we do. Like it's why we're told to believe in Jesus. That's where salvation, that's how salvation. um, Let me, I want to make sure I say this carefully. (laughs) Jesus is our salvation, but what he calls us to do is believe in him. Mm -hmm. That's what he calls us to do is believe in him. And when we truly believe in Jesus, our lives reflect that. We begin to follow him. We, be, we begin to listen to his word. Things change in our life. Things change. <laughs> so um, that, that's what faith is. Faith is the proof of what we, what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the actions that grow out of what we believe. So going back to pornography, if I believe pornography has this control over me, then I'm giving it that control. If I believe porn, I'm a slave to it, 
then I'm going to act like a slave to it. I'm going to give in every time that temptation shows up, even if I can have enough willpower against it for a, a time or two. Well, just to interrupt you real quick. What do you think? Because people are funny. We're funny. <laughs> what <laughs> hinders us from believing what's true? We talked about this for a little bit. We were, this weird idea that I was thinking about is um, because we have a lot of biology that dictates a lot of things like what we like crave and hormones. <laughs> and when we get angry or sad or happy and ha what things we love in life and things we want to do that, that a lot of that's just biology, but we're not only biology. Yeah. We're, we're a multifaceted creature. We have a, we're a soul and we have a spirit and we, and we, we have God's spirit in us. And we have, so we have all these aspects to us that, so I, I was just wondering where does belief exist? It, it's, it can't be in the biology of us. Belief is not just synapses firing and hormones flowing and these chemical responses in my brain saying, oh, now I agree with this idea. Belief has got to be something outside of us. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's a, it's a spiritual thing that affects our biology. It affects what we do and how we act and what we eat and where we go and things we say and how we respond. And, and so what keeps us from believing, I think, sometimes can maybe be biology, but I don't think so. I think what keeps us from believing is, is what we already believe because we all believe something. So it's not that we don't believe something. We already believe something. And either that thing we believe is the truth or it's a lie. And so I think what keeps us maybe from believing the truth are the lies that we hold so strongly to already. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. But that's what kept me for so long. And I think another thing is, is real quick before you yeah, move on, when you were talking about the lies that we are clinging on to, I got this image. Cause I think in pictures of like, okay, well then, cause I'm walking through this process. I'm like, in order to believe something new, we got to rip up the old thing. And then I got this mm. picture of renovating a house and like finding that old 1970s tile on the floor that stuck so hard and you're trying to chisel at it and it won't get up so you could put down a new floor <laughs> yeah but like what an awful process <laughs> it is it well and it and it's hard um, but I, I think a part of that chiseling up is it being presented to us in the first place mm. being told that that tile is ugly like the confrontation yeah yeah and so I think a, a, a reason maybe we don't believe the truth is not that we haven't heard the truth because I think there was so many times growing up in this addiction to pornography that I read scriptures and I just, I looked at them and I said, there's no way this is true because it doesn't work for me, mm. which is so backwards. The fact is, is it, it was already true. I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe what it said. And so I think being presented with it, maybe in this way on this podcast or another person in your life, like what happened to me, someone sitting down and and it's that moment, it's a, it's a culmination of the Holy Spirit conviction, a moment of, of just uh, providence with another, per, another Christian believer, um, maybe even not a believer, just some, some instance where this, there's a culmination of all of these things coming together where you're like, oh man, I've been believing a lie. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, the idea of when you say you believe something, it's essentially saying, I agree with this. And so we got to ask ourselves, what do we agree with? Mm -hmm. So when you read scriptures like I was, it, that, you know, um, like this one in Romans 12, to do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If I don't believe that God's word can actually transform my mind or renew my mind, then I, I won't, I won't, it won't. I don't believe it can. Like, oh, that sounds great, but it's not for me. Or if I read other scriptures like um, uh, this one, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is a huge one, okay? And I brought this up in other podcasts, and, I, and I, I'm just going to keep reiterating because it's so true. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Praise God. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> he does this for us. I would read this and I would say, well, not for me. That's true, I guess, for someone, but not for me. So who's true? Is what he says true or what I'm saying true? He's always true. Yeah. Uh, so just essentially, it's either we believe in the lies or we believe in the truth. And I 
started believing the truth. I started believing what God says in his word. And it's, it's huge. And, and first, yeah, first Corinthians 10, 13 is as true as it gets. <laughs> thank, thank God. It's <laughs> yeah, true. So what has it been like now that you've been walking in victory and freedom and purity? Like how's life? Uh, how's our marriage? Easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in major ways. Um, our intimacy with each other has just, I feel like we've been growing over the last six years exponentially. Enjoying just each other. Enjoying each <laughs> other. Uh, there's so much less conflict. I mean, we still have had conflicts, but not around this, mm-hmm. not around broken trust, not around um, the, the spiritual infidelity. Um, it's just been building trust. And I would say, have you felt more confident with us? I have. And just to um, hopefully as an encouragement to those listening, trust didn't take that long to rebuild. And I think with things like this, sometimes it can feel like, will it ever be restored or will, will we ever be at a place that I truly desire? And I've been really thankful that trust was something that was rebuilt and rebuilt. It did take time, but not as long as I thought it would take. And I just, I really appreciate that. Well, that was the case. Yeah. And I think it helps when you see actual real quantifiable change in me instead of this constant, I, I do want to be honest. Um, there were times that I fell short and this doesn't mean that I fell back in the same way I did in the past. Um, what God was doing was showing me because my eyes were taken off of this main big thing, this porn, this porn addiction, he started showing me other areas of my life where I had issues, lust, uh, uh, bad decision process, you know, processes in my life. And so again, it's not, it wasn't the same kind of, uh, messing up that I did in the past, but what happened was, as I was able to come to you quicker, repent to you and say, Hey, I, you know, clicked on this thing. And I just wanted to tell you, I'm sorry. I, I, I chose to do it. It's not who I am. It's not going to happen again. And that, that happened less and less frequently. And it's something that it was like, God was correcting your and retraining your mind, even down to the simplest, most, um, things that most people probably wouldn't even think are an issue. Yeah. Yeah. But But showing you that this is where it started or this is a root. Yeah. And it's, it's that idea that God doesn't even want a a hint of it in his church Mm -hmm. that he wants his bride to be pure. So I feel like that's what God was doing. I was getting more and more and more sensitive to this stuff, which is also awesome because then it helped build trust with Jennifer yeah. that even in those quote unquote little things, which didn't feel little to me, they felt painful and shameful. You saw me growing and changing and mm-hmm. being more and more honest and less and less sneaky because I wasn't practicing that thing anymore. Well, when you are operating in the spirit and you have a relationship with God, like there is this level of discernment, I think in marriage where you sense when your spouse is struggling with something, you can sense when they're emotional, you can sense when they're sinning and you may not always know exactly what it is or what they're going through, but you definitely sense things. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes that sensing I would get would prompt me to ask, Hey, (laughs) how are you doing? (laughs) And so, um, which is really helpful. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that those, those promptings that I would get those discernments, they feel a lot different now. They're, they're about different things. Um, which is good. Yeah. And I I think that's a cool thing that once you you get over, like, I would say this, that was a big hurdle. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you can see clearer Mm -hmm. and you start, it's like the scales fall off my eyes and I can start seeing more and more things that God's trying to grow in me and work in me and areas of my life that I needed to surrender to him Mm -hmm. that I was holding on to that never, I would have never saw before because I was so Blinded by this other stuff. That Do was you going feel on. like the gains you made and and being able to have victory over this, like made the gym you, gains? No, <laughs> oh. made you more confident though in other areas that you were like, oh, this thing over here, I can, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, I, going back to the the, the self discipline stuff, all those things that I did get tons of gains. <laughs> in, <laughs> um, it's still there's still harder times, yeah. and we go through seasons, but it feels good. <laughs> knowing that what God says is true and that it, I am truly free and, and I could, I can actually honestly tell that to others. And this, I was going to say, you feel different. I feel different. Um, but I, 
I feel like I, I can genuinely tell other people the same thing. That I, I don't feel like I'm lying when I say you're free. Mm-hmm. That you you actually don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to believe that. Um, so some encouragements we wanted to give to you guys, um, you know, as the bride of Christ. Um, and it, women, men, whoever's struggling with this, whoever's dealing with this, whoever's continuing to walk in this and choose this sin, and like I said, doesn't believe they can walk in freedom from it, we want to give you some encouragement for that. So here's some some scriptures and some, uh, I, I just, we want to help you. <laughs> so <laughs> We want to fill up your cup today. Yeah, why don't you read that first one? <laughs> okay. It's Titus 3, 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So uh, I wanted to, we wanted to start with this verse because this is the this is where everything comes from in us. The desire to walk in freedom, the desire to, to walk in holiness, the desire to, it, it's, it's by what he has done, not by works that we've done. Because thinking that it's you and that, okay, I'm not going to do this thing today only gets you so far. You're like, yeah, not far at all. <laughs> yeah. Not far at all. Because eventually we are in our flesh. We fail. Yeah. Which so is why we need Jesus. Here's the, since this is true, since it's by God's goodness and loving kindness that the Savior has saved us and washing us and regenerating us and renewing us in his Holy Spirit that he's poured out on us, here's some things I want to tell you. Lay it aside. Lay it aside. Get rid of it. It, it no longer needs to be in our lives. Let's get rid of this. Hebrews 12.1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, again, the witnesses of the faithful, of the ones who had faith in God in the Old Testament, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Pornography was one of those things that clung so closely to me. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, you just shouted out pornography, but like anything, any sin, any addiction, anything that you're, Weighs if you're down. listening to this right now and the Lord is like, this is the thing that I want you to hear. Which God does that. Listen to it. He's telling you right now. <laughs> yes, you. Okay. Reread right that. Last. Okay. Hebrews 12, one, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is flee from it. Flee from sexual, oh sorry, 1 Corinthians 6:18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Yeah, and I also want to I was bringing this up today in in my my men's group. Yes, this is a sin against your own flesh. But again, your wife, your one. husband, you're one with you that person. So it's a sin against them. Mm-hmm. And then if you take own body as in body of Christ or the body as the church, mm-hmm. you actually, you're sinning against the body of Christ. There's another scripture um, that talks about that. We, it's like, it's like taking Christ and putting him with a prostitute and we would never, we should never do that. And so it's, it's so flee from it. The next one is we want to say, kill it dead and gone once and for all mm-hmm. <laughs> Romans eight thirteen. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Uh, this is this is an important thing that we recognize that thing as something that needs to be dead and gone. Gone, once and for all. I also just want to add some encouragement in light of marriage. When you walk in the flesh and when you choose sin, you are choosing destruction in your marriage. Your, on your marriage. Yeah, and, and your own life. <laughs> and in your life. But if you walk according to the Spirit, you will live. Like your marriage will have life. Have life. Yep. And that's what we've experienced, which is why we are sharing this with you guys today. Okay, the next one is draw near to God and believe the truth. James 4 8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. So that word double minded is what I believe. 
believe there's that word, is who I was before. Going back and forth. Yeah. I would say, I would think and say like, yeah, I want to be holy. Yeah, I love God. Yeah, I believe what he says in his word. But then I acted totally different. I was double-minded. Mm-hmm. And so that, that this says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, period. Draw near to God and believe what he says, which is how we cleanse our hands. We believe his word. We walk in his ways. That's how we cleanse it ourselves. It's also his word that will confront the sin in our life and mm-hmm. remember and we talked about purify us, yeah. the confrontation is what we need to be able to jesus says this to his disciples in the upper i just was remember, remembering this he says you're already clean because of the words i have spoken to you mm-hmm. think about that he he cleans us and purifies us by his word and so let's stop being double-minded so here's a the second to last one not even a hint of it Ephesians 5, 1 through 3, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. That's who you are, by the way. Listen to this. You are beloved children of God. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Mm. It should not be. When I said it's common in the church, I started that with it should not be, Mm -hmm. but it is. It should not be commonplace. It shouldn't even be named among us as God's bride. Just as much as you would not want any infidelity on your, from your wife or, you know, some other man in your bed or other woman in your bed, that that there should be none of it, not even close, not even a hint. That's what God wants from his, his bride uh, is, is not even a hint. And then there's confess and repent. And, and pray together. So James 5, 16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. This is probably one of the most important ones, I would say. Um, I mean, they're all important, but confession is one of the gifts that God's given us. One of the tools he's given us to help us put our flesh to death mm-hmm. because our, there's nothing more. I think our flesh hates than admitting it's wrong well, humbling, <laughs> or confessing its yeah. own failures and sins. But that confession to one another, the confession to my wife, that was a practice of killing my flesh of saying, I did this thing. I made this choice and it's going to hurt my wife when I tell her the truth. And it's going to hurt our marriage when I tell her the truth. But in reality, that is exactly what I did before I said anything. So right now I'm going to say it and tell it and repent of it because I want it to die. I want the pain to be seen. I want it to be felt. I want it to be known. I'm making it harder to do it in the future. Because it, when I get in this, this habit and practice of confess, confession to my wife, when I fail in this way, it makes it that much harder to do it next time. Because I think if I make this choice right now, I'm going to have to confess it. <laughs> now, I do want to note that in our marriage and in our experience, there when there was confession, there was a lot of emotion that erupted from, from, hear, from hearing yeah. it and, and being uh, impacted by the weight of that knowledge. And so I guess my encouragement is that with the choice to confess, leave room and, and a place for a response mm-hmm. and, and be okay with whatever response is shared and and for those listening where you know someone's confessing be respectful in your response mm-hmm. we know that sin hurts and that these things are really uncomfortable to walk through but if both parties can walk through it with grace and respect and love a love for god like, like I love God so much that I'm going to love you, Aaron, through this. Mm-hmm. Like if we can do that with faith, then we can get through the confession part and the reconciliation part. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I explained that very well. No, it's, it's, it, what you're it's saying a sen- is, is... It's a sen- there's a sensitivity that we got to have in mm-hmm. recognizing our, that our sin hurts people. Well, our and, and that's a, that's a part of the process is. It, it being revealed because mm-hmm. then it's known mm-hmm. and made known. And then the actual hurt that happened is actually happening rather mm-hmm. than you see it. Yeah. Letting it fester underneath the surface or avoiding it. By so hiding. don't, yeah. I, I've known many men that won't, they don't want to confess because they don't want to hurt their wife like that. <laughs> and I think 
Well, you're but already hurting them. And it, and <laughs> Worse, it, actually, by not saying it, anything. And by doing it, and by choosing it, and it just gives the enemy a stronghold in your life mm -hmm. when you don't um, expose it and drag it into the light. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Let's um, briefly talk about, before we get, get to a close, um, about protecting our children. Because this was a big part. We haven't talked about this at all. But when husband, wife, whoever is inviting us in the home, or both, God forbid, but that might be the case in some of these scenarios, when we bring it into the home, it doesn't just affect us. It's actually going to affect our children. Mm -hmm. And just to add on to this, we also wanted to bring up talking about protecting our children because earlier we mentioned how accessible pornography is and how we see it in today's Boy. culture everywhere, plastered everywhere. So even if you're not bringing it into the home, even if you're not addicted to pornography, there children, could be access. <laughs> well, children are going to be exposed at some point. I think it's important to uh, be on the same page with each other. And how are we going to address this with our children? Yeah. And I would just say, first and foremost, we shouldn't be the ones bringing into the home. We right. should not be the, like, like I said, everything we just talked about before, we need to rid it from our lives. Walk in purity. Walk in purity, walk yeah. in freedom, um, which by the way, will give us authority mm -hmm. to be able to confidently speak to our children about this instead of, you know, being weak in our thoughts and mm -hmm. ways of communicating about it. Um, so here's some, some ideas. Here's some things to consider with your kids. Um, the first one is talk to them about how to protect their bodies. Like and, how, like first, just that God created our bodies and that mm -hmm. we have certain parts of our bodies that are that special are special. And mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's kind of how at most ages you can say, Hey, those are special. We don't talk about that. We don't do that. Like teaching them about that, mm -hmm. about their body parts and how to protect them. The second one is teach them how to protect their eyes. Mm -hmm. And that this is a thing that I'm constantly having to battle every day. It's something that I was never really taught. Um, but we go everywhere and everyone's got a device. Everyone's got a, there's a TV, there's a, something on the radio. There's a, constantly nonstop. There's a commercial on YouTube. There's a, I mean, you name it. How do we teach our children how to have self-control and yeah. Like if you see something that makes you feel uncomfortable, then you should say something about it. Come talk to us or turn and look away. And you can, you don't have to look at that thing. That's a big thing. I think a lot of people that they don't realize that they don't have to look. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big thing. Another one is just, uh, you know, being aware of their device time mm -hmm. and not leaving them unattended, uh, knowing exactly what they've got access to and just being really mindful of that. Yeah. This world is wicked. Yeah. And we've just heard too many stories of a totally seemingly innocent show and something's in the middle of it. And it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. On that note, uh, when you go to friends' houses or family houses, families' houses, uh, talking to your children about um, boundaries with other people's devices, even so our devices, not looking over shoulders and not um, not being quick to uh, look at other people's devices. Yeah, yeah. and th and that's a can be an awkward one because. Our kids are getting older and they have friends and like, hey, look at this game I got. Hey, and yeah. totally innocent that we know of. Mm -hmm. But teaching our kids like, hey, ask for permission, ask for permission. Yeah. Don't just look at people's things. Mm -hmm. We even practice it at home. Mm -hmm. If I'm on my phone and my son comes up and looks over my shoulder, I, I put my phone and I said, please don't look at, at my phone over my shoulder. They don't teaching them that it's not appropriate to just glance. You, you never know what someone's got on their device. Mm -hmm. And so we're just teaching them. Don't just pick up someone's phone and use it. Don't just look at people's phones. Let's be careful. Uh, another one is um, when the time is right. Again, this is something you got to discern with your kids' maturity like level. Age appropriate. Yeah, age yeah. appropriate. Tell them about pornography. Mm -hmm. And give them a way to handle it if they're ever exposed to it. So what are those steps they're supposed to take? Are they supposed to come straight to you and tell you? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then... The last thing, this is, again, this is not an extensive list, but teach them about God's design for sexuality. Like put it in terms of a good, good gift. Like God has given mm -hmm. us a beautiful gift for marriage and, and sex is a good thing. And yeah, growing up, we, we were under the impression that sex was a bad thing. Yeah. No, no, no. 
but and we don't talk about it either. But it's it's actually a good thing, and it should be in in a healthy context and in a safe way talked about. And we can just show them, hey, God designed this, and it's a good thing, and it's meant for this purpose, and and just get them excited about that aspect mm-hmm. of sex, their sexuality. So those are some ideas we just wanted to share with you of how to help protect our kids from maybe things that we weren't protected from. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not intentionally. I don't think I was, in, I was, I don't think I was ever intentionally exposed to anything. It just, I, I found it. Well, and I mean, I think that we, we all know that there is an enemy out there and yeah. he knows that if he can get a stronghold in someone's life at early an early on, age, he's, he's going to win. He's one of the best <laughs> marketers out there for sure. Yeah. So hopefully that just encourages you guys today um, to be able to talk to your children about this topic mm-hmm. and uh, to make it at least more comfortable for for them as they grow up to know that there's an, an open conversation with you as their parents to um, share about these types of things. I think that's really important. I that's hope to have that with our chil- children. Yeah. So before we move on to the weekly challenge, which by the way, we'll probably have to give an update on last week's weekly challenge. <laughs> um, I just, I want to strongly encourage you listeners to ask God to search your heart, seek inside of you and see if there's any strongholds that you've allowed, any lies you have been believing. Man, I just want you to be free. I want you to walk in the freedom that I've been able to experience that many believers for generations have been able to experience knowing that Christ has truly set us free. Ask him to show you where you have allowed yourself to be remain in false bondage. And I'm going to add to that and just encourage you guys that if if you have been someone who has chosen sin in your marriage, mm-hmm. I want I want to personally just urge you and encourage you to take part in the ministry of reconciliation with your spouse. Recognize the hurt that has been caused and and search and ask God how you can repair that part of your marriage because mm-hmm. it's so vital, you guys. The enemy wants nothing more than to destroy our marriages and it's our responsibility to walk righteously and love one another in marriage. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Amen. When you share the weekly challenge. So wait, how did we do with last week's weekly challenge? Last week's challenge was great. We did, um, we were supposed to dream together. And so we went on a date and we shared. We dreamed about potential, (laughs) maybe future business ideas, business ideas, which we're really good at throwing on the table. We're really good at just, Hey, what about this? Last episode was up. We talked about money and investing. And so we were talking about future it was on our minds. money investing. Yeah. Yeah. It was really great though. It was good. We also talked about habits because Aaron got me onto a, a new book that I'm reading. Mm, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it eventually one day. I think you mentioned it already. Did I? I think so. Oh, I might have. Is, what is it called? It's just called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So this week's challenge is be intimate with each other every night for one week. Even if you don't feel like it, it only takes a few minutes, maybe, maybe a well, little bit more. <laughs> I'm just saying what I was writing there is it only takes a few minutes usually to get interested into it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, then, uh, uh, and I just want to add intimate can be many different things. It could be an intimate conversation. It sure. could be physical. It could be. It means one thing for one person <laughs> and it means another thing for another. I can tell you that much. But we want to encourage yeah. you guys to just remember that intimacy in marriage is so vital, especially in light of what we're talking about today. So be there, initiate. All right. Have fun. <laughs> Let's end this in a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us freedom in Christ. Thank you for breaking the bonds of sin and death and for making it possible for us to walk with Jesus and be reconciled to you. You are so patient and kind to us, and it is the ki- that kindness that leads us to repentance. Lord, help us to walk in purity every day and to grow more and more sensitive to the wicked things of this world. Lord, we pray every husband and wife who may still feel enslaved to pornography and have believed the lie that they are. I pray that they would believe the truth and they are already free. That they can choose to walk in the freedom and purity you died to give them. Open their eyes to the truth. Convince them that that your sacrifice, your spirit, and your word are sufficient for us and that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
Renew us, transform us, and make us more like your son, Jesus. Lord, tear down the stronghold that the enemy has over the porn industry. Bring freedom and salvation to all those involved and dissolve the influence it has in the church. Convict the hearts of those who continue to choose this sin and bring them to their knees before your, your throne. Lord, purify your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. If you found today's episode fun and encouraging, please take a moment to share it on social media or in an email to some of your married friends. Also, would you please take a moment and leave us a review? Reviews help to spread the word about our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and you can always check out more of our resources at marriageaftergod.com. You can follow us on social media for more marriage encouragement on Facebook and Instagram at Marriage After God, at Husband Revolution, and at Unveiled Wife. We hope you have an incredible week and look forward to sharing more with you next week on the Marriage After God podcast. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.